Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, the professional better known on gambling Twitter and in the industry as So Money Sports. And So Money, as usual, we're going to kick things off with our favorite underdogs for Thursday, January 27th. It's a pretty good slate of hockey games. I think the past couple uh, shows we've done, we've lamented about the board being a little ugly. I like this one. I think it's uh, there's some interesting matchups. And we'll start with one that you like here between two cup contenders, Vegas uh, plus 135 taking on the Florida Panthers, minus 155 back home after a Western Canada, Pacific Northwest road trip. The over-under here is six and a half. Tell us why you like the Knights. Yeah, I actually think this is a this is a very good, good, uh, intriguing board here. I had a had a lot of fun actually breaking this down here. So um and in, in the Vegas, Florida game, Vegas, um, they're slowly getting healthier, which is making makes is making them a play on team for me. Um, Leonard should be back in goal against Bobrovsky here. Bob has been consistent all season, so there's no there's no change there. But I do have Leonard trending very well now. Um, he's um, he he's been on the upswing for me for a little while now, and we we saw um, in his previous game where he got the shutout, where he's kind of putting it together now. Uh, the Panthers are not trending as well for me right now, but they have found a way to get results on their road trip. So you got to give them full credit for that. That said, I think they are being overvalued against the Vegas team that's playing better. They should get more guys back. I believe that uh, Pacioretty should be back here. So at the plus 135 with Vegas getting healthy and um, me not being as high on Florida at this moment in time, um, I will be on um, on Vegas here as my underdog. We're, we're recording this on Wednesday for Thursday. Uh, we saw Tuesday favorites went 8-0 in the NHL. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's been that kind of season on the season. I think they're 426 and 226 at the moment. Uh, would be, if the season ended today, the best season for favorites in the NHL since we started tracking this at the Action Network, which goes back to 2005, 2006. These, these underdogs, uh, they've been tough, but you got to keep going back to the well. And uh, I like Vegas. I think that for 
it's a pretty good matchup for a team like that too. They pump a lot of rubber towards the net. They generate a ton of scoring chances and they're very good on the four check and against a Florida team that is a little leaky. I think that it's pretty obvious what their flaw is and if they can get it settled, look out. But if they can't, maybe a team to go against as the season goes on and in the playoffs. But yeah, I think plus 135, you're getting a good number here on the Knights. It'd be interesting to see where this number goes when the lineups come out if Pacioretty is back. Uh, do you have a number you would play this one down to? Yeah, so um, with with patches in the lineup, um, I would play this down to 125. Cool. And then uh, for my underdog, a little bit higher, but a team I've been trying to play against unsuccessfully all season and will continue to do so. Uh, the New York Rangers are minus 220 on the road uh, to Columbus, plus 190 at the moment. This number should go up, I would say, even though the Rangers might. There's a chance that Alexander Georgiev might start for this one because they're playing. This will be the first game of a back-to-back with Minnesota on the other game. And you'd assume Jared Gallant loves to screw with goaltending, but you'd assume he would go with Igor against the Wild since the Wild are better. However, I just think you're at some point... I hope to God uh, going against this Rangers team will pay off. This team is getting victories through great goaltending, great finishing talent, good special teams. And yes, that's, that's a path to success. It's a way to earn victories in the NHL for sure. But at some point they should hit a rough patch of form and maybe it starts with a game against the Blue Jackets. Don't particularly love the matchup. We know the Blue Jackets are terrible defensively. However, the Rangers are not, have not been getting separation that much this season. They are only three teams, Anaheim, Vancouver, and Los Angeles, have spent more time within one goal of the game, whether they're up one, behind one, or tied, uh, than the Rangers this season. They spent more time tied in games this season than they've had with the lead, and not too much less time trailing as well. So it's like this team, they're playing really well in, in tight situations. They're playing really well in one-goal games, and they're just getting results that way. So hoping that we get Georgiev, even if they do start Igor here, I, I, I like the Blue Jackets at this number because I just don't think the Rangers should be this high, basically against any team with their inability to drive play. They're near the bottom of the league in expected goals percentage. So I just think that this team just isn't good enough to garner this much respect, even against a terrible team. Anything for you, Rangers and Blue Jackets? So uh, credit to the Rangers. I mean, they, they keep finding a way to get results. Um, as we've mentioned, I am looking to bet against them long-term, but but the Blue Jackets, against the Blue Jackets here, with Corpusalo probably starting in net, makes it a tough proposition for me. Um, as you mentioned with the goaltending situation, that's that's the way I would do it. But uh, let's just say that Gallant and I don't share the same thought process <laughs> a lot of times. The Blue Jackets, they, they have been an over team for me for most of the season. But actually, lately, they've been trending pretty well defensively, um, as, as weird as that, that is to say, um, with a potential goaltending matchup with what we think should be Corpusalo and Georgiev, I, I would have looked at the over, but the recent defensive form of both teams, actually, um, is probably going to keep me off, but I wouldn't lay with the Rangers here, though. So if I had to do anything, I'd be, I'd be leaning with you here. All right. Uh, with that, we'll move on to the main part of the program, looking at the rest of the slate before we get to our favorite bets. Anaheim, minus 130, traveling to Montreal, plus 110. The over-under here is five and a half. The Ducks, uh, this will be the second game of a back-to-back. They're playing in Toronto on Wednesday night. I think I'm close to Anaheim here, but I'm ultimately going to pass because of uh, just the lineup situation. And, and I'm assuming this number is going to move towards the Ducks, even with them on a back-to-back. Not too, too much for me uh, in this one. What about you? We only bet the Habs when they are plus 500 dogs for them to break <laughs> our hearts in overtime around here. Um, yeah, Montebo is not going to be ready Thursday night, so we should see uh, uh, Primo and Ned, who has been underwhelming this season, to say the least. Um, Habs are inconsistent. 
in what they're giving up defensively. So I'm having a tough time um, right now gauging them. I would have interest in the over here based on the expected goaltenders, but I'm just not sure Montreal can produce enough to get the number there. Um, I'll pass on this game, but I know that I'll end up watching every second of it just to kind of make sense of the high variance in my numbers that that my numbers show on on the Habs games right now. Speaking of high variance, I'm expecting a pretty highly volatile matchup here between Carolina and Ottawa in Ottawa. The Canes minus 210 on the road. Ottawa coming back plus 170. The over-under here is six and a half. Drake Batherson will be out for Ottawa. We saw what happened with him and Aaron Dell on Tuesday night. Pretty yeah, pretty ugly situation uh, where a goaltender is going to get suspended. First one since Ray Emery. First goal to get suspended since Ray Emery, it looks like, for Aaron Dell. Not the guy I would have chosen to break that record, by the way. Yeah. Um, we talk about the Senators. They're starting to find that quote-unquote giant killing form. This is an interesting matchup because I think both of these teams have similar strengths. It's just the relative strength, right? Like Hurricanes, really good offensive team and suspect defensively with a good goaltender. Whereas Ottawa, compared to what we expect them, their biggest strength is their offense. It's just nowhere near as good as Carolina's and their defense is bad and worse than Carolina's. So these teams do similar things well. It's just Carolina does those things much, much better. That said, I, I think if this number keeps rising, I'll be in on the Senators here. We talk about it all the time. This is a pesky team to get away, uh, to beat as an underdog and especially a big one because they can score and they've, they've already beaten Carolina this season. So it looks like uh, I'll be on the Senators at some point tomorrow. Anything for you, Carolina and Ottawa? I would need a, a higher price to get, get involved here. And I would also need um, Anderson to not be in net for some reason. Other than that, um, I can't get there on, on Ottawa. Obviously, we've, we've mentioned previously that we want to look at Ottawa when they're, when they're punching up. But um, in this case, with the way that I have Carolina trending right now, um, I don't think that the opportunity is going to present itself for me to, to uh, play Ottawa as a big dog. All right, uh, moving on to UBS Arena, Los Angeles Kings plus 115 traveling to Long Island to take on the New York Islanders minus 135. The over under here is five and a half. I have a personal vendetta against Drew Doughty because a couple of years ago he said he has never watched an Islander game before uh, in his life. This was before uh, the Kings played the Islanders in 2019, that first year under trots where they really surprised people. And someone asked him, you know, what he thought about the Islanders playing well. And he said, I never watched an Islander game in his entire life. Uh, so I like to think this is a rivalry match. It definitely isn't. The Kings have been playing pretty well process wise, 57.6% expected goals uh, rate since the break. The Islanders are struggling when they're playing good teams. Uh, and I think Los Angeles is, they're technically a playoff team right now. The Islanders are 2-10-3 and three against teams in playoff spots so far this season, but they have been playing better. They're beating up on the Flyers basically every other night and uh, teams of that ilk. We'll see. I think it's an interesting game from that perspective. Can the Islanders start to ramp up their game when they're playing better competitions? I don't think there's any betting value here. Los Angeles, if the number keeps ticking up, would be of interest to me. But I do think it does set up to be pretty low event, and that's where you're going. Yeah, so the, the the Kings are back to their to their defensive game. Um, even in their over games recently against uh, Tampa Bay and San Jose, those were still low event games. So the final scores were kind of misleading there. After discussing the Islanders as an over team for most of the season, they've also returned to their stifling defensive game. Um, I do want to look at the under here, but I do have a couple of reservations. So. Firstly, goaltending really impacts the number for both of these teams, and I would need to see quick against Sorokin in Ned. The other issue that I'm having is that the market has caught up quicker than usual to both of these teams' returned 
to their core identities. So I may not be able to get the number I need when the real market opens up on Thursday morning, but um, I do want to look at the uh, at the under here. Yeah, it's five and a half right now with the under juice of one, minus 120. It really did make me wonder if we'd actually see a five in this era of the NHL. Very rare five in terms of a total. I would say that Ilya Sorokin, he's been dynamite all season. Uh, for the Islanders, he did struggle a little bit against the Flyers uh, on Tuesday night, which makes me think that Barry Trotz might go to Varlamov, who uh, himself struggled in his last outing, wasn't particularly exactly, sharp. Yeah. So it's it'll be an interesting decision for Trotz on Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon, whenever he uh, decides to make that information public. Staying in the Metro, Pittsburgh Penguins, what can you say about them? 17 wins out of their last 19 games, 17-2-0 over the last 19 the Kraken, meanwhile, they're coming to Pittsburgh as plus 265 underdogs. Pittsburgh coming back minus 340. The over-under here is six and a half. The Kraken, we were on them. I was on them at least on Tuesday night, and they did exactly what the Kraken do. They hung with the Predators in terms of the actual gameplay, took a lead, and then the goaltending let them down. Uh, Hugh Saros was better than Philip Grubauer in a, in a 4-2 loss for Seattle. Uh, really, really dampered my spirits about going back to this team, but I think once again, this number might just be too good to pass up on Seattle, a team that if the goaltending can just turn around, should get results. And this is a good number to maybe take that risk on. I will mention this before every Pens game that we discuss. If you want to play Pittsburgh, go early. If you want to fade them, wait until the last minute. It's becoming common in the in the marketplace right now with them that they get steamed early morning when the when the market opens up. Um, Seattle has been playing better lately since they've gotten how can I say this delicately some semblance of NHL goaltending recently. Um, and I mean that's also setting the bar really low here. But um, with a with a Grubauer Jari matchup, expecting them to get a win against the Penguins might be too tall of an ask here. Now with the Penguins on the first leg of their back to back, this actually might be a spot where we see Casey DeSmith, and it's very possible that the Kraken could go with Chris Drieger here. In that case, depending on the number, I will have interest in Seattle. Um, the thing to keep in mind to um, with with the Smith is that what we've seen Sullivan do is um, he has a very short leash with the Smith. So you also you always have to keep the prospect of him getting pulled early in in that situation as well. We saw that against Columbus where he was pulled after two goals. So um, if we get the Smith Drieger, I will be looking at um, at, at Seattle here. And of course, wait until the last minute if you're going to make that bet. Yeah, I'll be sitting there with you, sitting tight, waiting for the Kraken and Jesus. You know, I was against the <laughs> I was against the Penguins on uh, Tuesday night. They played the Coyotes. Coyotes go up one nothing. Two minutes later, one one. Coyotes go up two one. Two minutes later, two two. Coyotes go up three two. Two minutes later, three three. Two minutes later, four three. Two minutes later, five three. And that was all she wrote for the Coyotes, who got outplayed. But still, I mean, uh, what else are you going to ask for from a plus north of three hundred underdog? Rather than, you know, they took three leaps. That's a, that's all you can ask for from a team like that. God bless the Coyotes. You know, uh, this season's going to get so much better when these dogs start hitting. Like, it's it's got to happen at some gonna point. We're going to have tons of fun then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll either start winning or I'll be out of a job, a, a <laughs> wife, a house, everything. Uh, <laughs> the New Jersey Devils, speaking of big underdogs, plus 255 in Tampa Bay, minus 320. The over-under here is six and a half. When I am backing bigger underdogs i look for a couple of things is there a path to success and a lot of times that path to success has to do with the goaltending is the goaltending competent enough is the goaltender good enough to maybe steal a game or just to keep his team in the game long enough that a goal off a shin pad or a power play goal or something can help them you know steal a win 
The Devils do not meet that criteria right now, and I do not have any interest in New Jersey at this number, and I definitely am not going to lay minus 320, so I'll be passing on this one. Anything for you, Devils and Lightning? I'm with you. I got a... I got nothing to say about the well, nothing nice to say about the Devils goaltending, and <laughs> it all it all comes down to that. So I'll I'm I have no interest here. <laughs> I almost say the Lightning, man. They're just doing what they do. They're they've been so good again this season. Yeah. Uh, John Cooper. I mean, it's Mike Sullivan, John Cooper, right now in my mind for Coach of the Year. Uh, probably Sullivan is the favorite yeah. with the way things are going. All right. Uh, speaking of potential coaches of the year, Bruce Boudreaux and his uh, Vancouver Canucks, they're plus 145, traveling to Winnipeg, minus 165. The overrunner here is five and a half. It does, on, on the surface, it does look like this number is too high in Vancouver, but I think the market is assuming that we won't see Thatcher Demko. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. He won't be in net tomorrow um, against the Jets. Uh, Martin has filled in admirably in the two games he's been called upon. But this might be a tough situation here for him against the Jets team that's actually hung hung in there for the most part against tougher competition that they're, than they're going to face in the, in the Canucks. Um, they just haven't been getting the results. If they maintain the level they've shown recently, I think that they should be able to get the result against the Canucks. I'll probably pass on this game, but um, we could see um, Comrie in net for the Jets. Um Hellebuck's played a ton lately, and the Jets love playing calmly against the Canucks for some reason, probably because he's a local kid. Uh, but uh, in in that case, um, I will be looking at the over, but uh, we need to monitor the status of the Jets' blue line as well. So if the if they still have the guys out on the blue line and Comrie's in net, I'll look at the over here. Otherwise, um, I'll be passing. All right. Uh, with that, we move on to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets in the NHL for Thursday, January 26th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'm going to kick it off here with a really interesting matchup for a couple of reasons. There is a good narrative revenge game aspect here between the Blues and the Flames. Justin Falk of the Blues had some, I don't know, not so nice things. I didn't think they were terrible things to say about playing in Canada right now with the restrictions there and the, the fact that teams are not at full capacity in their arena. He just said he wanted to go to Calgary and get out of there pretty quickly. The Flames had some fun with him on social media after they pumped the Blues 7-1 in that game. However, I think with the spot for the Flames, they're on a back-to-back. This is a pretty good number on St. Louis at home. They're minus 130 at the moment. I, I think this number might tick up. I would play it to minus 140. The Blues, they're getting good goaltending from Ville Husso, which is really surprising considering where he was last year. And when I say really good goaltending, I mean spectacular goaltending. Plus 14 and a half goals saved above expected in just 15 games. That's the eighth best mark overall in the NHL. And he does have the best uh, goal saved above expected per 60 among goalies with 10 plus starts per money puck. Uh, so if Huso's going, I think that uh, you're getting a pretty good number here on the Blues. It's just really weird for me to say that because three months ago, I would say the opposite of say Bennington's going. I would be interested here in the Blues. But I think you're going to get a good goaltending matchup against the Flames, who, like I said, on a back to back. And I think the market is just a little too high, although they have been playing a little bit better of late. I think this Blues team continues to be a little underrated by bookmakers, fans, pundits, everybody. Uh, this is a, a Stanley Cup contender in my book, especially if they get the goaltending they're getting from Huso. So I'll take St. Louis as a favorite, minus 140 or better on uh, Thursday. Do you have anything for Flames and Blues? I'm with you here for the most part. Um, we might see uh, Dan Vladar in Ned as well for the for the Flames here with uh, with Markstrom going Wednesday night. Um, like you said, we need to monitor the Blues goaltending. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And who starts against the Flames is actually going to be really telling for me going, going forward because there's no rest situation here. So we'll get to see if Huso has gotten himself to a point where he can possibly uh, take over the starting job. Um, we have touched on the Flames in previous episodes where they're no longer an under team. Um, this has been on full display with 
um, what they've generated offensively lately. And of course, they did dominate their game against the against the Blues. Back at home, I do expect, with some guys back as well, I do expect a better game from the Blues. And we'll just need to determine how much of that is baked into the number already. Um, I do have the interest in the over, but I would I would actually need to see Bennington to, uh, to uh, play the over here. All right, we'll move on to your favorite bet for Thursday night. And there probably is no more polarizing team, both in terms of just like casual fans, the media, and betters alike than the Edmonton Oilers right now. They're minus 120 at home, hosting the Nashville Predators, who are even money. The over-under here is six. Now, the Oilers have been were really, really bad for a little while. There's no getting around it. It looked like the team was kind of coming undone at the seams. The media really sunk its teeth into them up there. Connor McDavid hasn't scored in eight or nine games in a row now, which is completely unheard of. And the goaltending was shoddy at best. However, you have started to see this team turn a corner, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't like betting against Soros. Um, and if I do bet against them, I do want some significant plus money on my side. But I do have the orders pointed in the right direction again. And my outlook for Nashville outside of Soros hasn't changed from what we've discussed previously, the Oilers have been getting un- unlucky results for a while now. But I mean, like you mentioned with with the struggles of McDavid and Dreisaitl, that's that's just not going to, it's not going to continue. Um, against a Nashville team, having trouble producing consistent offense again lately, I think the Oilers are too short at home here. Of course, everything we talk about the Oilers is contingent on their goaltending, which is a, which is a coin flip most games. But I will be on the Oilers here, and um, I just think they're too short against, uh, against Nashville. Yeah, I'm with you. When you look at their statistical profiles, you think of the Oilers, good offense, Predators, good defense, Predators, pedestrian offense. Oilers, pedestrian defense, uh, and then you throw in the home ice advantage, the fact that the Oilers have the game-breaking talent of McDavid and Dreisaitl, and I think it's actually a decent price here on Edmonton, minus 120. Uh, Not something I thought I would be saying two weeks ago, but here we are. That's how quickly things can change when you're betting in the NHL. And I also think we don't really talk about player props much here, but if you're playing percentages, McDavid, he's he's been around like plus 140-ish, I think maybe even a little higher than that to score. I think that's a, that's a great number considering <laughs> just how do he is. And we haven't seen this kind of slump from him in the past. Absolutely. I, I, I just think that a lot of times we get so like caught up in like what we see in the last game or, or we get too married to like a thought that we have of a team. But the reality of the situation is that things can change on a dime. Like we've, we've talked about this several times where teams profile a certain way but whether that be an under team, an over team, a team that I want to be looking at fading going forward and things just change immediately. Now, there is something to be said about about sample sizes, but that's where context matters and where you need to kind of look at the results that a team is producing based on who they've been playing. Um, and so with with who the Oilers have been playing, I value their their game against the Canucks very highly. Um, they, they actually ran into a hard a hot goalie that night um, and they should have probably won that game quite easily but we've seen this from the Oilers quite a bit now in the last little bit where um, they are playing well enough to win possibly run away with the games but they're just not finishing and with the guys they have on that roster I don't expect that to continue moving forward all right so That'll do it for another episode of Line Change. The Oilers, the Blues, the Blue Jackets, the Golden Knights off the top of the show. It's going to be an interesting night on Thursday night, and we wish you the best of luck for so many sports. I'm Michael Leboff signing off, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday morning.